this episode was made by some fucking nerds. Massive right? nerds all over this episode. Captain Fod, Stardate 717223.1. Welcome aboard the Starships Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief short leave from the world of cinema sims to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, you may not know this about her, but she has three auditory processors. Her left ear, her right ear, and her final frontier. It's ambassador today. <laughs> Ian <laughs> Ian how, how long have you been sitting on that one? That was amazing. It's I heard this joke so long ago. It's so bad. Such it's a dumb so joke that I was trying to come up with a cold open and I just thought, okay, something about like seven seasons and four movies and then another three seasons. Exploring the final front ear. It's time. <laughs> It's, it's time. time for the frontier. We're starting Picard season three. <laughs> Let's open hot. Wow. Oh, man. I am amazed I managed to get through that in one take. That was, you know, I did not uh, expect that. People don't understand how frequently <laughs> we think that we're so funny. I am funny. <laughs> I, isn't it normal, though? You know, you're hanging out with your friends and you say something that's funny and then you just like to dissolve into laughter. Isn't yeah. that normal? Yeah, or no, no, are that, we just yeah. like... No, no, no. That's normal. You can't even get <laughs> you... through the sentence. And before you know it, you're both just in fits of laughter. And yeah. nothing's been said yet. No, you, but you do think you're really funny. <laughs> I, yeah, but I... It's part, I no, I don't. Um, right. We... <laughs> no, no, I do because <laughs> I am. <laughs> right. Let's do it. We are... I... I'm not going to speak on behalf of you. I'm so fucking excited. We're doing season three of Picard, finally. So much hype, much excitement, much build-up. This has been, like, I know you're probably not as in tune with Trek, Trek Twitter, but the, like, reviews of the, the people that have seen this show already are, like, through the roof. It's already 100% reviewed on Rotten Tomatoes. It's getting just all of the love and accolades. And I'm so, so, so excited for this. And I have high hopes. Danae, Ambassador. Are you excited for this? After a rocky season one, an even rockier season two of Picard. Can we talk about that? Yeah, let's do it. Do you want to do a bit of a recap? Well, that's going to be part of how I'm feeling is I'm Mm. I'm reflecting on my experience. And I have, uh, unfortunately, at the recording date at this moment, my reality is that I have launched so much of what Mm. happened in season one and two. Mm Mm-hmm. That I may be watching this episode going, oh, yeah, like more than I want to. I don't know that you will. Okay. Based on it, what I know, okay. I feel like they've jettisoned most of season one and season two <laughs> as well. So then my curiosity remains, like, is anything important from season one and season two mm. that we do need to know? And we don't know that until we get into the show. So maybe nah. we don't need to recap as much as after we watch it, we'll tie the threads back into yeah. something that happened in season one and two. Try and fill in some gaps for you. Because we could spend an hour talking about how we felt Picard one and two. Mm. Um, and then it's completely irrelevant to what we're <laughs> watching. It relate back to three. any of this. <laughs> um, I'm, yeah, I, I have thoughts about decisions that were made in season one and two. And I, 
I think maybe they needed the bedrock of season one and two in order to make season three happen. I have a feeling I'm going to be wishing this was season one and that we get three seasons of this, but I'm doing this based off of like images and interviews. That's it. Nothing else. So here's what it felt like to me. Just if I was going to, if I was going to summarize season one, it was Mm. an homage to data and season two was Mm -hmm. an homage to Q. So Mm -hmm. season three should be an homage to Picard. You would hope. (laughs) With whom the show is about. Yeah. Um, And and I haven't seen. Season two was kind of that because we, we got Picard's origin story that we didn't really need or ask for with his mum and dad and that stuff. I wonder if that'll grow on me as time goes on. You know, having now spent... Mm. It's interesting because this show started with Picard because that's where like our connection point of our interest in Star Trek started together. And now having watched what they did with the like the mother stuff and having watched more TNG in our in-between seasons, I do think that that's more interesting now to kind of think about what makes Picard's character have more depth than they were able to show on oh, the show. Oh, let's ditch this and just t- rewatch season two. Then let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> season two, episode one. <laughs> but it was it, it was still out of place. It still felt like it was for sure. Yeah, it just wasn't expected. But the the framework for Picard one, uh, you know, is talking about really interesting intrigue and Starfleet political stuff and the rights of the android and alternate timelines and stuff is beginning to switch us into these. There's just, it's interesting what they're doing. I do wonder if season three will tie back in at all, or if they're going to go back into adventures because I have seen pictures of an assembled crew and it is impossible to get excited about whatever I'm about to watch. I am so excited. (laughs) I cannot wait to see that oh my like Worf and Jordy, mm-hmm. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. I don't know if they're going to be straight up here, mm-hmm. but we. I got to see Deanna Troy and I got to see Riker already, and that and was seven wonderful. Of seven of nine. Um, oh, what's her name? Guinan. Mm, yeah. Data, obviously. Um, so there's characters that I loved being able to connect with, but uh, there's nothing quite like that picture of Worf with white hair I I'm I'm so excited oh this <sighs> is voice as well Worf's voice is so commanding and oh, yeah. reassuring yeah uh, I'm excited I'm excited to have the whole crew on an adventure together um season one did a lot for me it like answered a lot of mysteries that were set up in the final start the uh, nemesis the final TNG movie it expanded like the politics of the 2390s really well. That's kind of what I wanted. And season two was such a hard left turn. And I don't dislike it. I like a lot of it. But it like kind of felt like a step backwards away from what I wanted to learn about. And loved the Q stuff. But the rest of it, I was like, eh, it's an alternate timeline. Doesn't matter. Let's go. And now yeah, season three feels feeling. like we're back to picking up from where season one ended. Um, and, and yeah, let's see what happens. Yeah, what is the reason that the crew gets back together? Why does Picard mm. need to call this specific group of uh, professionals out of retirement or whatever? And and I'm curious what they're going to you know do with it. And knowing that Patrick isn't this Patrick Stewart's like this is it. This is this all. Is, he's this not, is this it. is it. This is no and more. That yeah. makes it feel even more high stakes. I guess it really does. I don't know. It's kind of like watching Gandalf on Lord of the Rings oh. and being like, you know. You're you're so fragile. Uh, you're doing such a great job, but I mm-hmm. want you to sit down. 
<laughs> Please rest. <laughs> the the interesting thing, I mean, you mentioned about pulling this crew together for season three, is that he explicitly said in season one, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to get in touch with Worf. I'm not going to disrupt Geordie uh, mm. because he has a family. I'm not mm-hmm. going to put them in harm's way. So what is it that is making him put that to one side and decide, nope, I need this geriatric crew back together? <laughs> I'm excited for it either way. I, I want it to make sense, but I'm also totally willing to not care to enjoy yeah, watching enjoy it. it. <laughs> totally agree. Because having watched a lot of TNG last season of of... Uh, this podcast you mm-hmm. do have to just kind of go yeah we're just gonna make some sweeping assumptions yeah, and just move on fine. because of time restraints yeah. uh and whatever so mm-hmm. i i'm I, th- I feel like maybe they did a good job they massively lowered our expectations in season <laughs> one and two and now we can just go out with a bang you know <laughs> i still i still i just for the record i still like them but i 100 percent. i do get like it. them too i get it i do like them too okay i before, think that they were well done for the record bef- I, and they're beautiful. They are to look oh, at. Yeah. They are beautiful as well. Um, really, really quickly, way, way, way back, months ago, months and months and months ago. In fact, when we finished season two of Picard, you had some predictions for what happens in season three. Now, this oh. was before I corrupted you with a trailer, um, which I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure you've already forgotten. But here's your predictions for season three after having just finished season two. Number one, Riker and Troy's kid going on an adventure with them and the crew. So this is the forest girl. Um, yes, my, my Al- forest. Ash- n- Aladra? Say it. Damn it, I don't know. Aladra? Clearly. Kestra! Kestra! I did it! Yes! Sorry. Wow, that was really excited and none of us believe you didn't just look it up on your computer. I didn't just look it up! Oh my god, I'm not that quick at typing! You would have heard. I'm not a good typer. Okay, number one. And then number two, quite simply, another android. That is your prediction. Number three. Besides Ag- Picard himself? <laughs> Beside the golem that is now Picard. Um, <laughs> we don't talk about that. Agnes and the Borg come back, but Agnes is done with the Borg. She's had enough. I like that. Number four, and this is the, the final prediction. Worf's children return. Plural! Plural. <laughs> you know he has one. They do. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Do this you is stand exciting. by those predictions? <laughs> Fuck yeah, I do. Do you want to add any predictions? Oh my god. Oof. Um, I predict Jordy LaForge will be here. Um, mm-hmm. no, I'm. I've been corrupted. I've been corrupted now. Mm-hmm. I can't trust that the images that pop into my mind are not there because I've been compromised. Mm-hmm. It's possible. It's very possible. I think we, we are going to do a prediction section at the end of the episode, but we will tie it more into what we've seen this week and see if we can guess where the adventure is going to go and what's going to, to happen and just be kind because we did watch the trailer and yes, the captain should not have done that. He apologizes. Oh, an official apology? An official apology. On a record? Di- diplomatic immunity. Okay, with that. With that. Let's go. Season to the three, episode no, one, wait. to the holodeck, to watch to the, the episode, meet you people in ten you. forward. Go. Two to be out. Welcome to Ten Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode. We just watched together. Most important question first: What is your beverage of choice? Uh- 
The condensation dripping off of Beverly's chamber. Oh, you're such a kinky bitch. (laughs) Space condensation. I want a glass of Malbec that I can directly pour onto um, Captain Shaw's lap. Because no one likes Malbec. Malbec is a dusty, dusty turd of a wine. It's terrible. I knew he liked Malbec from the second he arrived. I, I, I didn't know what Malbec was. At it's just all. a type of wine, like Chianti or um, Rioja. I can't name any other red wines. You've named more red wines than I've ever heard of. I feel quite I can happy. name, uh, okay, I can name Shiraz. Shiraz, yep. Yeah. Oh, Shiraz? Is it Shiraz mm-hmm. or is that your accent? Yes. Because I've always said, <laughs> I've always heard it was Shiraz. Like oh, awesome. Shiraz. There's no, I don't, yeah, I'm okay. sure it's Shiraz. Merlot, Merlot, that's another one. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all I got. You got the white wine <laughs> as well. Um, uh, I know that there's a uh, is a is Riesling a type it's a white wine Riesling. Okay, yeah. so there we go. Yeah. I got that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Pinot Grigio. Pinot Grigio. <laughs> this is exactly you came here for wine chat, obviously. Um, Danae, I am so fucking excited to get into this. Synopsisize us, please. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Are we doing that this season? Oh, uh, yeah. Really? Until, until you start expecting it. Oh, my God. Um, okay. Woo. When am I going to catch on? This is the thing now. In this first episode of season three of Picard. So far, we so good. Join people that we know. <laughs> and, really... and some that we don't. And some that we don't. Um. How would I summarize all of this? I mean, the easy thing is what everybody... I'm trying to do something different than what you would read on any of the recap That's you know, exactly sources. That's exactly why I throw it over to you. So I would say, like, in this episode, we learn just how old the bodies feel for Picard, the golem, and Riker, the human. Uh, and we're injecting geriatric jokes on geriatric jokes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we're attempting to do illegal things while pretending that we're doing illegal things, but not doing illegal things. We are playing the game Portal, but deadly. And also, I'm pretty sure in this episode, it is revealed that when Beverly was fucked by the ghost candle, she had a love child. No, that's not what I'm... I'm, I'm nixing that right now. It is not the child of the ghost fucking episode i mean where did it come from where did this person come from if a, not from a, a this million different ways that kid could have arrived so many listen it's the only thing that makes sense you asked me to do the synopsis i am giving the okay, synopsis yep, of this sorry. episode apologies apologies um also thank god those communicators have batteries because if not beverly would be super fucking dead <laughs> And Picard would, instead of going off to finally get to spend time with someone that he loves, he is now off on another adventure um, uh, that will take him to the edge of the unknown. And fuck Shaw. Okay, that's it. That's all I yeah, got. Yeah, that too. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean that covers it. Wow, what a what an opening episode, man. That, this I this 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 episode was made by some fucking nerds, massive right? nerds all over this episode. It, I have got so many thoughts, but Danae first, overall thoughts and feelings, not necessarily specifics. Did you like episode one of season three? Oh, of course I liked it. This Heck was yeah. a wonderful episode. Yeah, yeah. This this is packed with nostalgia and peppering back in some intrigue. It mm-hmm. introduces characters, plots, and visuals that will make sense to 
any Star Trek fan Mm -hmm. and maybe even new Star Trek fans as well, because even though this is like hitting all of the nostalgia service for any TNG fan or anyone who watched, like you don't have to watch Picard season one or two to start right here in this story that they're presenting to us. There's nothing that came from that happened in this episode that would have been confusing for me. I mean, Rafi maybe would be a character that I wouldn't know very well had I not watched season one or two. But even then, you can easily figure out what kind of a character she is based She's on how they introduce her in this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so yeah. So they've kind of shown us who's involved at this point in season three, and they're kind of bringing in the intrigue of. Clearly, this the the this the undertone is that Starfleet isn't the Starfleet that we know and love, and there's some shit going down, which is not new because Surprise. they kind of did that in in season one and two. So that's still like a, like a thread that's kind of going throughout this idea of who am I? I individually have instinct, but I have to take orders from somebody above me, and the rigidity of Starfleet maybe not being the good guy versus the good guys that are in Starfleet or were in Starfleet. So I think we're going to see a lot of that tension in this, in this season, but I loved it. I loved it visually. I loved it. Um, a, a lot of the the back and forth between Riker and Picard was so oh, fun. Beautiful. Um, I love that they opened up with Beverly, you know, uh, totally unexpectedly. Um, Great cold open. Kind of, yeah, just kicking some ass. And I also like that they kind of put uh, Annika, right? Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, nine, put her back kind of in a specific sort of contained role and then separated out Rafi because mm. that relationship wasn't working for me anyway. And so I'm, I'm kind of nice. Yeah. It's good to see some distance, honestly. Um, but yeah, I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. What did you think? Because I, I looked over at you several times while we were oh, watching and I was like, oh, I think he's super happy. And I know that there were like, I could, the moments where I was really happy, I could feel you looking at me as well. I was like, don't smile too much. We're going to show your nerd is showing. Um, yeah, I, I, my goodness, I really loved this, but in a way that makes me less nervous than I have been before. So episode one of season one of Picard, every single episode that I liked made me nervous because I was like, oh, I like what this is doing, but do I really like it? Like, I knew I liked the fan service. I knew I liked the stuff that we're seeing on screen. I wasn't too sure about the story. Same with season two. Like, I loved the opening two episodes to season two with the Stargazer, the alternate timeline, the Borg diamond Volva showing up. Loved all of that, but I was still like, ah, if we're going back in time, I'm not too sure. This feels comfortable. And I know sometimes you want to be pushed outside of your comfort zone, but for a swan song and a final victory lap, you don't do ridiculous stunts and you don't take risks on your victory lap. You you do it and you wave to the audience and everybody gets to see the famous driver and see the beautiful car and mm-hmm. there's no there's no risk. Everyone is gonna everyone's gonna just get through it. And I'm not saying that everyone's gonna get through this and they're not gonna kill somebody off, but this just felt this felt like a continuation. Uh, and so many people have said this on the internet already. This felt like a continuation of TNG. But a little bit, a little bit darker with the the history of the interspersing twenty years that have come since the movies. The paneling, like that's on the screens, oh, is goodness. TNG the paneling. Yes, it's the same kind of um, graphic design, sort mm-hmm. of soft lines that uh, everything in this is TNG. Yeah, 
nostalgia. Well, they brought back Michael Akuda, who designed the original TNG Akudagram, which is the the soft rectangles oh. and everything. Brought him back to update it with Dave Blass. Um, That's fun to make it, it did... red, blue, and darker. I like looking at interior design just in general. I find <laughs> I find trends to be interesting. Not that I follow them myself. But like I don't apply them to my house. I mean, if I was to take you on a tour of my house, my aesthetic is toys and clothes and shit everywhere. <laughs> it's the aesthetic but, of a six-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Um, but watching the trends shift to like a grayscale for the home, it, it kind of reminds me like of what's happening on screen with Picard season three. It's like they took TNG and then they modernized it by making it grayscale. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And, and it does liken to that theme that maybe Starfleet is darker because this is a dark ship. Like the Titan that we're on, the main ship that we're on during mm-hmm. this episode, it feels like a very not nice ship. Mm. Guys, there's no carpeting anywhere. This is. <laughs> there's no beige. There is no beige there's... on this ship. Nope. Beige Shiny black floors. Beige is so 2360s. <laughs> <laughs> it looks fucking badass, to be honest with you. It looks like something from the movies. It looks it like does. they've. It, it's so pretty to look at. I mean, it feels dark and imminent and mil- militant in mm. a way that it used to maybe feel more like a family room. Yeah. Now we've shifted into like somebody's obsession with war. <laughs> so- and it might well be that after the after the the insanity of the Dominion War, another Borg invasion, fucking stuff going on with the Romulans. Maybe there has been, in the last 50 years, this shift from exploration into our ships need to be ready for battle. And that's how my headcanon kind of internalizes it, is that as much as Starfleet wants to be about exploration, 50 years of fuckery has taught them that we need to be ready for shit and we need to not be acting after the fact. Our ships need to be drilled and ready to go. Um which is something I would love a full seven seasons to explore in the 2410s where we actually explore why that is happening. But that's kind of how I justify it in my head because the Enterprise D and everything was always so brightly lit and optimistic and yeah. everything since has been battle stations. Yeah, yeah. This one definitely amps it up and it's definitely on purpose. There's a lot of things that this show is doing visually on purpose to place us in situations of discomfort or comfort and those things work they work to make the audience at ease and here we're in a ship that that is obviously unwelcoming with very welcoming visuals Mm. and there's a conflict with seven of nine being a welcoming figure but also really restricted and and militant so have i felt that with store managers in my retail career where (laughs) and i've had bosses that are above them that come in and say ian you're doing great i can and i've had i can see that you're struggling because your boss is a dick, but we can't remove him right now. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. I felt Seven's pain so, mm-hmm. so much. The real, I think they just did a good job in this episode of setting up a lot of the vibe. Mm. Now, I don't know how that's going to carry out from episode to episode because they're doing something um, not, they're not doing the episodic, like, one story per episode thing that we see on TV. We're doing a season long arc, not only a season long arc. It is the bookend to the Picard series. Mm. So they're clearly going to be telling us a story that they might not reveal until we see the finale, what they were actually going for. And of course, we're going to be making predictions and just reacting 
as we do along the way. And I'm really excited for it. But I thought they did a great job. I mean, overall, I was really thrilled with it. I made tons of notes. Oh, like, I have, yeah, I just so many notes. I just mindlessly wrote down everything so that I wouldn't forget anything. So we could literally talk about this episode for an hour uh-huh. and be happy. As, I'd be pretty happy with it. Um, can, I, we talk, can we talk about the beginning scene? Can we talk about it now? Like, what are we going to do? Captain, we what are we doing? Captain, I'm final... so excited. One final point on like the, not just like the, what I thought overall as a Star Trek fan, but as an episode of television, this is really efficient. It is well plotted. It has a mystery set up really, really well. A great cold open, um, great antagonist, a great ending. It just sets up a load of mysteries. I didn't feel lost. I feel like I could have dove into this without too much context as well. I, uh, It's my biggest compliment and my biggest sin of the show overall, but we'll get to the sins later in the show. Let's get to the opening. Where did you want to start, Ambassador? What was it I about like, the opening that you loved? It, it had such a fun... 80s vibe going on mm-hmm. with even the graphic that just said yes. in the 25th century. Okay, let's start <laughs> just like, right oh. there. That's how the Wrath of Khan movie opens. It just says in the 23rd century dot dot dot. And it's so weird. Like we seen it in the in the oh this was done way before I joined, but Jeremy and Chris sinned it um in the video just like well fuck you telling us that for of course we know like what do you mean what happened in the 23rd century but it's just an it's a lovely little callback to like the old school font and just how like i think tv budgets and tv quality is so good now that this feels like a movie and i mean you can read so much into it but i think it's the idea that this is a this could be a movie that has been turned into 10 episodes um I, or it could just be a nice callback. Who knows? But I, I love the retroness of it and the score that came along with it as well. Yeah. Oh. The music in this was so good. Well, especially, I mean, oh, I want to jump around. But especially when the ship is revealed later. Oh, oh my goodness. That ship reveal is so... I'm such a geek. But you're a nerd. <laughs> I'm nerd. such a nerd. The score is pulled from the Wrath of Khan and the Search for Spock, um, First Contact, Insurrection... They pull out somehow my favorite themes and put them all into this episode. Um, tell me what you yeah. loved. Well, let me just I'm gonna read the first three notes of my of my thing. Besides the 25th century right graphic that I liked, I wrote down pretty ship, red ship, inside ship. <laughs> <laughs> um, we start this episode with uh like a view of Beverly's ship, which mm. I don't know what it's called. I don't Do you... know. I can't remember okay. what it's called, but it it That's looks fine. like an updated Steam Runner class. Of course, yes, of course, for. everyone knows that. And then this like wicked looking little red ship like appears and it docks and it infiltrates. But when we go and uh, and the shot starts inside the ship, it starts with just like a whole bunch of collected paraphernalia. I'm assuming from Beverly's career, and it was very interesting because I feel like if I had time to stop, if I was like a super fan of Star Trek, I think this is one of those episodes where you would stop it and you would pause and you would absorb everything that you're looking at and you would know exactly what episode it came out of. It, like, it feels like it would be a set designer's kind of homage to yeah. the series because they had all kinds of little devices and knickknacks. They had plants and pearls and masks and then they had an open log that was just auto-playing Picard. It was, so that's from the best of both worlds. So the Enterprise is hiding in a dust cloud, um, distracting the Borg ship. Um, and Picard's logic is as long as the ship is chasing us, 
it's not going to be hurting anyone else. And it gives them a bit of time to do some repairs and figure out what's going on. That the Enterprise remains concealed in the dust cloud was the startup tone for the very first computer I ever had. So it was a time computer and you turn it on and as Windows loaded, it would be the Mutara Nebula and then Picard saying the Enterprise remains concealed in the dust cloud. So like it was like they pulled that out of my brain and I just got tingles. But why is Beverly listening to this random log? What well, is it? She's she's not even well, I mean, it looks like she's trying to outpace um someone that's hunting her. So maybe she's using that as like her mantra to keep yeah, going. Yeah, or maybe like how did we hide from things in the past? I mean, I so And she's just listening to it. It does inspire the code that she uses because when Riker explains that it's from when the Borg hacked into their systems and added all of the threes, that's the same episode. So I understand that she's listening to that log that inspires the code, so she sends the communication. And yeah, maybe that's why she's like, I gotta hide. How did Picard mm-hmm. hide us best? That's a great bit of logic. Yeah. I bet that's what it I is. Feel, I feel like um, these little bits and details is what will give a totally different flavor to someone who is as absorbed mm. with Star Trek facts like you are. Like for me, I make that deduction without having understanding of like the reference of what show it's from and what happened in that show. Mm. But knowing those details. Well, I think that's evidence that they did it really well. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's really, to me, I'm, I, we could sin it. Right. And be like, why is this playing when she's not in the room? But clearly they're setting the stage for just this like panning. There was um something about who's Jack Crusher, by the way, that would be her husband. So that's Wesley, sorry, her deceased husband and Wesley's father. Did you see the the container that was below? They they pan on a on a table and then it pans down and like the whole ship is kind of shaking a little bit and this container is shaking. It says Jack Crusher on the top. Oh, the front. I missed that. I was too busy uh, taking so, notes. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So I don't know what all is going to be revealed about why Beverly is where she is, what she's been doing for twenty years, why she bounced out. It seems like maybe she bounced out because she was pregnant. I mean, but why is she so angry about that? But And I don't know that that guy seems older than 20, but I'm bad at aging people. I mean, the actor could be older than 20 and he's playing a 19 or 20 year old fine. But why would that make her mad? Why would... Because she she cut off communication. I mean, if it's, if it's, Picard's, if it's Picard's son, let's just I think just he would have call... mentioned that. I think it's a dick move if he hasn't mentioned that to anyone. If if let, Let's just pretend for a second that Picard said something to Crusher about like not wanting to be a family man and she's just like you know what cool and she just bounces to go have a baby I'm just saying it would be a really mm. easy thing to reach for anyway uh for whatever she's doing whatever her motivation is I I would be interested to at the end of this season go back and revisit all of the paraphernalia in mm. the opening sequence because I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of it's very intentional oh so many and like nods. little easter I, eggs yeah I so, absolutely bet yeah yeah but yeah, the whole ship looks like old school screens it, and on Beverly's ship. The the interfaces that pop up, it just is all T and G. And that was really, really fun. Mm. Um, but yeah, so they're obviously like kind of like being hunted down. What did you like about this scene of like the infiltration? I mean, I, I didn't, you know, what did you like about how the action sequence to start it off? Uh, you know, I really enjoyed it. I think it was a massive nod to, wow, we're finally going to give Beverly something to do. Um, I think it is a it's there is nothing you can do to redeem her absence from the movies essential absence um, how underused um, I feel the female characters were um, presented in TNG in general um, you're never going to make that up with one season but 
it's a pretty good nod and it's a pretty good like just opening to say here she is she's been through some shit this is going to be a lot of her story as well um i love i love the retro phaser rifle that she pulls out i have sins about it but that's fine but we'll this, get to that this phaser rifle is just like the phaser rifles from the movies and i love that so much i'm such a nerd um but <laughs> in terms of like the there's so it's a it's a really well-paced opening because I want to know who the guy is that's banging on the door um, that she doesn't that she's obviously protecting and doesn't want help from. That's her son. Well, we know that now. <laughs> we didn't know that when oh. the, when the episode opened. Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh-huh. Okay, I was like, in we just moment, did the see it. Oh in my the god! Moment, I'm like, who is that? <laughs> uh, who are yeah. these mystery <laughs> aliens? Like, when did Beverly get so good with a phaser so rifle? So you've never seen these aliens before? I, unless, I mean, that's hard to say with 800 episodes of Star Trek. They didn't immediately jump out as an alien that I recognized, no. So yeah, I, I don't know who they are. But it was nice to see. What I love about it is that she was being clever as well. Like, she's using her environment. She's looking for intelligent ways to get out of the situation as well. Um, Of course, you've got your cliche countdown to warp drive being ready because we can't just warp out of here. But um, for an opener and a mystery, I loved it. And it's so well shot. Just like that reveal of Beverly spinning around. It's just it's dramatic as fuck. Um, (laughs) I I really, really liked it. Really good opening. Really strong. Because it allows you to then do the pondery thing with Picard in the next scene. And because there's an argument to be made that you could open with Picard being nostalgic and then the communicator suddenly beeps and you get the message from Beverly. I think it's really ballsy to open. Bam. Here's Crusher. She's in the shit. Let's go. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it too. I think it's a really nice service for the fans because we've been missing this character. And so we get to see her right away. There's no like, ta-da! Here's the reveal. It's like, just let's open with a strong woman with this awesome streak of white hair that reminds me of that character from X-Men. What's her name? Uh, Rogue Um, or Storm. Yeah, which is one of my favorites, Rogue, because she could touch people and just... Rogue's fascinating. She is super fascinating. Anyway, and I also love to see women in different age categories do their fucking thing. Like Laris, isn't that her name? Laris? Yeah, Laris. Laris. She's really beautiful to to me. It's like, oh, look at that. Look at aging. I mean, everybody's aging, but it's nice to see it. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm getting older. It's like, I just, I'm tired of looking fucking beautiful, tiny little people that have plump skin. Like, let show me some wrinkles. In Hollywood <laughs> and TV, as soon, basically, as soon as you hit 30, you're resigned to being the mother or the grandmother. It is utter bullshit. Like, those roles... It's it's very recently that we're seeing more of those those roles just like become ageless. Um, I love yeah. it. Yeah, love it. But it's neat that we have this sort of time to call back these actors mm. and do something really unique. And I like how they gave her this space. Um, the aliens were interesting. Like they did that, like the yeah. clicking, like kind of like thing. And I was like, ah, what's going on? And she disintegrates them oh my she gosh. straight up murders and she should because she's being hunted and life is in danger um but i had lots of questions about that maybe more sinful questions about that but i did have a question for you that i can ask now which mm. is i think she was wearing like an old school coat did you recognize the coat she was wearing uh, as some n- sort of no it does look like it has a similar sort of design to the wrath of khan jackets there's a lot of inspiration from the Rathacan in this episode, um, especially like the new Starfleet uniforms have the fold down across patch thing. 
Um, yeah. It did definitely feel like that, but it's not something I specifically remember. As far as I know, it's an original design. It's probably just... I mean, everything in this episode is inspired by, by older Trek. I did like this moment. It seemed like she... Um... So she shoots this vent and like steam is coming down. And I would, I want to watch this exact scene again because she mm-hmm. busts out of this steam. And I think she just like tosses her hair off to the right and then evaporates somebody. And I just kind of want to watch it again. <laughs> Be Flick. like, she has a, she has a s- split second to just blow her curl to the side <laughs> to make sure she can see before she kills someone. I kind of love, love that. Love that. Um, but yeah, so then she kind of sends this message, right? She sends this message out to Picard. Um, on this specific transmission and then it goes to part one the next generation how do you feel about seeing part one pop up on screen what does that mean oh you mean the title like, of the episode yeah yes. I, I mean are they gonna do the season in two parts no i think it is, or is it just called part one yeah i think like, this is part one next week will be part two because i've seen a few of the episode oh, titles okay. and they do follow that kind of format so i think there's like so kind of mini... each episode is going to be called part one part two part three part I four i don't i don't know I don't know. Okay. I think that it's going to be like, uh, I can only, the only reason I can imagine you doing that is if you're like chaptering, you're chaptering the entire adventure. It's like, this is a little story and then it leads into this story and then it leads into this story. And then it has an overarching I'm really curious. Very curious how that plays out. Yeah. As a writer, we have to think about how our final product is going to be absorbed by an audience Mm. later. And so I'm always fascinated for the purposeful reasons of titling things. Yeah. We do get to see, I think it was a Data's painting of the Enterprise no, really quickly too. As, no, or it's is not that... Data's painting. It's a commissioned okay. painting. I think it's from, oh, okay. it's one that was hanging in Picard's office um, or his ready room. This kind of made me sad. How did this scene set up for you? Because for me, this scene is a combination of introducing Beverly's transmission to Picard because she needs help. But the scene actually starts with us sort of like, inventorying Picard's collection mm. because he's sending it off to a museum uh to be art like to for artifacts because he's kind of at the end of his life he knows it and he's going to be doing something different now and so to me the scene was like an homage to him sending off things that are memories for him but then the show giving him the line at the end that says I'm not a man who needs a legacy I want a new adventure and I was I don't know. I felt like it was kind of the show giving the fans permission to go, like, move on. Yeah, no, so it was I think you're, sad. I don't think that's um, accidental at all. It's very, very deliberate that it's Picard is packing up everything. This is the victory lap. It's time for us to maybe pack up some of this stuff as well and just enjoy this last season. We know it's going to be the last season. Okay, the characters may pop up in other media, but this is the swan song. This is the the end for them. So pack it up there's no going back and enjoy it um and that is embodied in what picard is doing is i'm gonna pack up this fan service stuff i'm gonna have an adventure it's not the adventure he thinks that he's about to go on but he's and he's happy um and i think i I have a feeling that we're gonna get a happy ending for everyone that would be my well yeah yeah god can you imagine jesus if they fucking decided to do something insane you touch geordie and i will leave i will stop this podcast (laughs) right now um, they reveal that he's been in pain the whole time. They just lied about it. And yeah. he's just been dealing with like, <laughs> yeah, this horrible pain. His eyes are still pain. in agony. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, I think the next thing I'd want to jump to is Picard. Picard obviously gets the, the comm badge, which I think we'll talk about more when we sin it, because it's really fucking sinful. 
But he reaches out to Riker and um, clues him in on what's happening and that they they need to find a way to find uh, to find Beverly, which Riker obviously has the answer to. Now, how did you feel about the Riker that we saw here? Because this is different from season one Riker that we saw. Something's happened with um, Deanna and his daughter. I, If I was, I mean... What do you guess is happening? This seems like a more unstable Riker compared to the pizza in the yard baking wild Riker that we saw. Um, the writers are giving us permission to justify in our minds why he's willing to not be <laughs> on this planet with his wife and his child. Yeah, and they do that by saying that. Um, he. How did they say it? I can't remember. Oh, they would appreciate the break from me. Yeah. yeah. Something like, yeah. Uh, so to me, that's like a really interesting and quick way to say shit's gone down. We mm. all need a break from each other. And I honestly appreciate that. I mean, yeah. I think that we oftentimes want these characters to live in a bubble of beauty and love and happiness forever. And we forget that there are seasons to life and sometimes you need to break from each other. And so whether it was, I mean, it seems like it's healthy because it wasn't like he was saying they could have said Deanna and I have broken up and that's oh, why no, no, I no. have permission to be here. But um, instead it's like, I think that they'll enjoy this break from yeah. me for a minute. You know, I have a feeling that it's I mean, what I would have to guess is that when he turns up at the end of season one in the, 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 oh, is it the Zenghi, the Zenghi. He turns up in that ship and saves the day, and they have loads and loads of the same ship that turns up. He retired and then goes back into the service. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if that taste of the like taste of being in the captain's chair again made him really antsy, and maybe he's been a bit irritable, a bit moody, and not ready to retire as much as Deanna is. And if you're not honest and you don't talk about that stuff, it creates tension. So I think we'll find out the. He's doing the thing that Deanna has been telling him to do, but he's been denying yeah. that he wanted to do it. Well, and also when they, when we went to the planet and we met with Riker and Deanna and, and we found out that they had a child that, that had died, um, they talked about how Riker ran his household like a ship. Yeah. And it yeah. was very regimented. Mm -hmm. And so they did give us some details about how he is as a person that maybe he would be better off in a captain's chair actively out there. But it's so fun for me because I may, maybe in the past writers would have said, well, there's no reason that a husband should leave a wife and a child unless it's a very serious situation. And they're just like, yeah, maybe he, maybe we don't need that though. And so I liked it. I thought that it was fine. And I really enjoyed <laughs> seeing the excitement <laughs> and the light between Riker and Picard oh. as they like contemplated, you know, the shenanigans that they were about. To. But you can, you can see it's like, um, Riker is like the little brother that's like, come on, let's do it, let's yeah. do it, let's do it, go, uh, let's go, let's go. Him he's kind of like, a bit. but they yeah, both and... make each other seem ten years <laughs> yeah. younger. Like they're they so do. fun together. I I love Riker's little summary of great. So your wrist doesn't work and my knees are shot. Let's just hope we don't have to shoot anyone or run anywhere or move. Yeah, <laughs> or anywhere. Yeah, we're... I love it. It's so fun. Yeah, they had really great 
quips great banter um, between them for this so yeah good. so i i didn't mind that and i didn't mind that picard would share information with him about beverly even though beverly specifically said don't involve starfleet and then he immediately goes to somebody who's involved in starfleet mm. i feel like there's an understanding between the two of them a trust between the two of them yeah um and we've seen that in some of the episodes you've had us watch last season of captain's pod where we got to see Riker and picard's first interaction and picard was specifically interested in Riker because he wanted to know if Riker would disobey orders mm. so they have a history together, yep. and that comes up with how Shaw talks to them as well. So, well, that's a great segue into the shore of it all. Um, what did you think of Captain Shaw of the Titan A? Um, I honestly like the character Me too. because what does that mean? <laughs> I there's something about the way that this person I don't know who's acting. Uh, Do Todd, you know the person's Todd name? Stashwick. I really like how he is emoting this character he is intense he is it's so perfect good. like the emotions that i'm feeling mm. are mixed and until he gets to the point where he's like borg racist i was super like i like shaw yeah when he throws out that comment about borg and he has a borg first officer an ex-borg first officer mm. i'm just like oh okay we're we're supposed to just like hate this guy i don't but i don't know i don't know if we're supposed to hate him i think they we are clearly supposed to be annoyed by him and he's supposed to put every scene on edge but i the way there's some subtle things about the way that it's written where he's not wrong about anything yes nope. the Borg stuff is borderline racist but i i i'm ready to believe that when we find out that the Borg killed his entire family. Five generations of Captain of Shores have been killed. I am sure there's something there we're going to learn. But he's not Wait, wrong. When did we learn about that? No, we haven't learned about that yet. But oh. I'm ready. I'm I'm oh. certain that that's there's going to be some history with the Borg with him. Oh, I see. Okay, uh, okay, okay. How dare Riker and Picard like playboy themselves onto the ship and expect to like Captain Kirk their way into some bullshit mission? And he just like outs them immediately. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you're I legends. I don't give a shit. You're dinosaurs. And that's just a different point of view. Like, it's abrasive, but I'm just like, put them down. Like, they are being dicks. Um, He, for me, is a very fascinating by the book. Maybe it's because my, like, my family is one where if we get a board game, you read the rules and you play by the rules. Mm -hmm. So that way you can win by the rules. Like, the competitive nature paired with it being rule oriented meant growing up that rules were really important to me. I want to know my parameters. I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. So having a captain like that, that is so by the books mm -hmm. puts me at ease because yeah. it's just like, man, this is going to be a well-oiled machine. I know exactly what's expected of me and I want to go in and I want to do it. And then I want to, you know, log clock out for the, for the day. And there's something really intriguing about that that I respect because it is a little element of Starfleet that's important to remember is that this is a series of people who have a hierarchy and there's rules and regulations. And it harkens back to Picard trying to do a lot of things with Starfleet in mm. season one and being like rejected because they're like, dude, you you don't have that kind of authority. No, I'm not going to go find out who Taj is with you or whatever, yeah. you know, the setup. He was You're put retired. His place you don't have a, a ship lot. with the same rank. Like, yeah, you've got Picard. You've been doing it longer. Season but... one was uncomfortable yeah. because it was telling Picard, 
kind of like maybe what they didn't want to do in all the time in TNG with like, no, 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 you don't get your way. And it was a little over the top. Well, here it's not only from Picard going in, trying to do something that we know he's doing well, but he is doing something he shouldn't be doing. And of course, we're like in for it. Of course, I want to see him succeed. And and when he launched that shuttle, I giggled like a little girl. I mean, (laughs) of course, I want to see that. (laughs) (laughs) But he is very direct, unapologetic. And of course, I like that. This is my shit. Yeah, so I liked Shaw, but I think mm-hmm. it was maybe I wouldn't like it if it was delivered differently. But I just feel like the actor is just yeah. singing; I, he I, is eating it up. I like, wonder how much Todd Ashwick would change that if it was a different actor. Like if it was somebody that was like, "Oh, you slimy bastard," I would be so annoyed. But I love him so much, and him and Terry Metalis, the writer of this episode, I think he did the direct or at least some of the directing they've worked together previously on uh, 12 monkeys um so they have a history of working together as well so it's always nice when you can see that he knew that he was writing captain shaw as todd stashwick like and i think when you know that ahead of time maybe so yeah you can picture exactly how every line is going to be delivered. now i don't want to give the impression that i like shaw I like how Shaw exactly. is, is, I do not like Shaw the character no. in these ways. Like he's super rude. When he was eating before anybody <laughs> showed up, I was like, oh my God. Just now so the line- could deliver that zinger. It's so good. Yeah, what was it? It was like, your reputation precedes you so greatly that I are, I was able, you already entered the room and I began yeah. eating or something. Your, it was so clever. Your reputation preceded you so, so- so much that you were like already in the room so i started eating i was like my god you've been sitting on that for decades it's it's a great line it's a great line it shows that he's witty and humorous and unapologetic but he's also really rude and disrespectful Mm -hmm. and i think his words say things like you're i i appreciate you i care about you i love what you've done but I don't have time for it. Yeah. And I purged I, I, all like, of your jazz from the system. <laughs> I didn't just not listen to it. I deleted all of the jazz on the Titan. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it does seem, I don't know. He didn't meet them when they got on the ship. He, he was, he's not really around very much either. I don't know. He's really hands off captain, which beca- mm. maybe it's because they want us to see, you know, seven oh, in that sure. yeah. seat of power. And so they're deliberately keeping Shaw off the bridge, but mm. he's a weird character. I don't, I, I don't mind him. We'll I don't, see. We'll I see don't where mind him from a acting writing perspective. Correct. I do mind him as a character because he's a dick. <laughs> he's a great plot device. Um, well done. Perfect amount of time with him. Charismatic as fuck. I'm interested to see what happens to, to, um, to Captain Todd. Um, cool. Where do you want to jump to now? I guess I do want to quickly mention how awesome the shit porn was. My goodness, am I happy that we have a well-lit, I will say it again, a well-lit starship reveal, like in the, the, the huge star base, glory shot of the Titan A, a little bit of, it's a Neo-Constitution refit, it's just, well done, whoever put the pen to paper and made that something I could see. It was really beautiful, and the music was beautiful, and the sp- Space station was Leaving beautiful. The space station. Oh, There's a planet in the background that's beautiful. Oh, just the right amount it of starship point. Yep. This, it's gone. This warp sound is yeah. not like a. It's a. Well, they jumped straight like to warp nine point nine nine. They were like gone in the distance, like five feet from the space yeah. station. It's gone. I did really enjoy that moment when uh, Picard was like. Don't you think you should alert engineering about this? And she's like, oh, it's all automated now. <laughs> it's, I did like that. 
Things have happened in clever. the last 30 years. Don't, don't worry. Yeah. Um, it was really, really I clever. Love that. You know, before we go on to Metallus Prime District 6 mm. to meet up with Rafi, yes. I do want to say that um, we didn't s- skip over it entirely, but bef- before we, you know, get on in the show and then we get to our sins, I don't want to come back to this later because I, I do want to say it was mm-hmm. really nice to see Laris again. No, I correct. really enjoy yes. Picard and her relationship. Ugh, all of Brady. They're, she's great. She's going to be going to a planet. I don't remember the name of the planet. I don't know that it matters. It's, but no, it's some planet somewhere. Chaltock 4. Nice. Good. Well done. And, 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 and he's supposed to come along. And then, of course, he's going off on the Beverly Adventures uh, now. But he does, like, he... There's a fun moment, in my opinion, between them where he's gonna donate this Enterprise painting, and she's like, N- I-, "I think I-, I think I want that." Like, <laughs> no, I like that. There's, Don't give away. There's this no. like, yeah, because she's kind of been the assistant mm. feel, and now it's kind of shifting into ownership of his life in a way, like lovers in a way where she's invested differently, is what mm-hmm. I interpreted that to be. Yeah. And then he goes to her for advice about Beverly and just their conversation in front of that fireplace. And she's got her bare feet and they're just talking. And I just, I don't know. It's nice to see Picard in a loving kind of pairing with her. And I really like her as a character a lot. I do as well. And I, I find myself bummed that she's not coming along. Like I want, I, the way that they used her in season two as the face of another being was interesting because then we got to see her, the character, like this this beautiful actor. But I want to see her, her, this character. I want to see Laris um, with Picard. I don't I don't know that it would work to have a loving person in every scene. So I understand the instinct to remove her, especially since there's other people kind of coming in that it's are going to take crowded, center stage. Isn't it? They wrapped up a lot of people in season two. I'm amazed that Rafi is still here. To be completely honest, um, as much as I love, she's going to gonna see- die, right? Eh, I don't know. I don't, maybe. I love to see La Serena, though. The, that ship. I love that ship so, so much. I'm glad they kept it in. But yeah, on the Laris front, I am. she's incredible. Incredible actor. Incredible character. Wish we had more of that. Criminally underused in I all know, of the but seasons. But it was good to see her. And I just wanted to say I really enjoyed I really enjoyed seeing her. And, and I, I think it was in that moment that I looked down to see how much time had passed. And I was surprised to see how much time had already passed because I was already having fun. Like the Beverly stuff had kicked off and I wasn't feeling like it was slowing down. It was nice. Well paced. Incredibly well paced episode. I thought so too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we get to Metalis Prime and a nice little Rafi is undercover. Um, We don't know that she's undercover. We think she's actually fallen off the wagon, but she is there. I didn't. Oh no! That got me hook, line, and sinker, and I was Did I was ready to it? sin it. Aww. I went straight to my sins, and I was like, "Rafi feels so out of place in this story. What is going on? Why do? Why honestly? Why do I care that she's fallen off the wagon again? More seven drama. Really annoyed. So it. I'm just. I'm sucked into this story. Wherever you take me, I am there with you. My blinkers are on entirely. I will believe what you put in front of me, people. Um, so the reveal that apparently wasn't a reveal that she's undercover I was like oh thank god it's more complex than that yes she's struggling but it's not that she's we're following her in a struggle that we already saw in season one I I thought that they did it well I in my notes I wrote down um we're in a place of dancing lights. And it's another bar but this time we're in the streets this is very fifth element drugs and yes, guns fifth element blade runner yeah yeah, it had that kind of kind of vibe to it. Um, and let's see. 
uh he the all-knowing oracle of the underworld says something like you the Orion. um oh oh she said rafi says my girlfriend left me and i just kind of fell off and i wrote in parentheses did she though because i just couldn't believe that yeah i could they either. were gonna just remove all of that progress but then at the same time it is a true story of people who hit a hard time and they go yeah back to the comforts that they know will bring them peace and sometimes that peace is really deadly I have many friends that struggle with drug abuse and they get to a space where they're where they're doing good and they're totally broke the habit again and then something happens in their life and it's just that comfort and they go right back into what they were doing before and it's a hard pattern to break and so if they were going to show that struggle I was like okay I can believe that I can believe that but what why are we showing Rafi here exactly. on this planet how does it tie into this main story mm-hmm. And yeah, I can believe it. I just I don't know how it services the right. wider story. I don't know why that's a story we're telling in this season. But I thought that they did a good job of showing the struggle because when she drops that cartridge that's in her hand that is the drug that she's addict has, you know, been addicted to or mm-hmm. um tempted by, she has a moment where she decides to drop the drug. And so at the very least, I'm glad that they gave mm-hmm. gave it the weight that it needs to have because Addiction is is a very difficult thing to watch. Addiction mm-hmm. struggle, I mean, is a very difficult thing to watch for a lot of people in media because it's so serious and it feels like it like the resolution takes so much mm-hmm. work in like in personal work and counsel work and repetitious work and that's not always something that you want to see in your media. Well, and it's hard so, to do justice in a short form yeah, thing as well, like 50 minutes of TV. There was a beautiful touch where she's holding, she has the vape pen that she was putting the spice or whatever into in season one. She still has that while she's on the bridge, but she doesn't smoke from it. It's just in her hand and she's playing with it because that helps the addiction. Like that's just little touches like that. Little things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't didn't mind that. I like that they did that. But Rafi is like this undercover person who is funded by a mm. secret handler <coughs> wolf <coughs> sorry <gasps> you think it's Worf? 100 percent. 100 percent. you are a warrior they okay, buried now I can that hear it. so deep in a female computer voice he's really abrupt um the lines are really abrupt denied he has a mission you're a warrior just if you if you just yeah it's 100 percent Worf. i have no doubt I will be. I didn't stunned. think about that at all. No, I I don't know what it was. I it just it was the when we got to the warrior bit at the end. I was like, I mean, it makes sense, especially the warrior thing. You're not everything wrong. Everything else You're not wrong. fit into place after he said that. Okay. So anyway, so she's working for what is technically a secret handler, and she's dialoguing to the computer about her struggles because weapons have been stolen. And the only thing that she knows is that there's an uh, like something dangerous is about to happen with a red lady. Mm-hmm. And my goodness, I mean, sorry, <sighs> we'll we'll get to the sins of yeah. that later. <laughs> um, and so she's kind of on a mission to hunt down, you know, intel for that. And she figures it out. She figures out what the red lady means. Zips on over to <clears throat> what? What's it called? I don't remember what the place is called. Earth. Is it Earth? I, I think the, she goes back to Earth. The Frontier District. What's the Frontier District? No, it's no, it's not Earth. 
it'll be an embassy somewhere. It's on a planet somewhere. Yeah. To the Rachel Garrett a... statue. Yes. Um, Here is someone later we know. on. Is it? Who? I'm so, just writing stuff down that I see on screen. Yeah, I have so, no understanding of what I'm writing down. So we watched um, yesterday's Enterprise. So this is when the Enterprise B turns up and there's the lady captain of the Enterprise um, who gets like impaled and killed. And this is where Tasha has to go onto the ship and goes back in time to fight the Romulans. So this is like an alternate timeline thing where the Enterprise C, sorry, appears it shifts the timeline, but Guinan is the only one that knows something is wrong. And she knows that oh, yeah, Tasha yeah, yeah. should be dead. And yeah. Picard's just like, you have to, um, Guinan says, you have to send that ship back. And Picard's like, I'm not going to do it. And she's like, you have to do it. And Tasha goes back on the ship. The captain of the Enterprise C is Rachel Garrett. And she dies when they come oh, under attack. Oh, yeah. Okie dokie. Yeah, yeah. Totally didn't recognize her since she's bathed in blood in this episode. No, totally fair. Uh, totally fair. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, so Rafi ends up, and I know we're kind of skipping around because other stuff happens in between mm. when she's trying to figure out Red Lady and then by the resolution by the end of it. But her story in this episode is, it's interesting. I don't know. She's obviously working for Starfleet, working in a secret ops area of Starfleet, hunting down more conspiracy theory stuff, which she mm. loves. Uh-huh. Um, Dangerous. Like, I'm sorry, but this person who has like an addictive personality, you know, is addicted to... To, I guess she's going to be so determined to get it right, but there is some like level of duty of care stuff that is being ignored here by putting Rafi in this situation. But I do wonder if my prediction about her son taking more of a dominant role at some point will happen in the season, because I predicted it, which didn't happen. And it was one of my biggest disappointments in a prediction when she goes to see her son and he's pregnant mm. and he's like, I want nothing to do with you because you're a terrible mom, essentially. And she's like, dude, I'm trying. And he's like, too bad. And now we see her also looking at this visual of this little kid kind of like, you know, like playing and stuff. I'm wondering if that's her grandchild and maybe think so I think. Yeah, so. I'm thinking it's the grand her granddaughter. So I'm wondering if like the son will come back and play somehow and then I'll, my prediction will come true later on. Yes. Um, very long, long game. You're playing very there. long, long game. But she goes and she and let's just talk about it. She let's goes and she it. witnesses this attack, this act yes. of war. Which is, it's, that's definitely a wharf saying. You're right. It's an act of war and you're a warrior. Okay, yeah, you're right. I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure. Well, how did you feel about watching oh, this attack? I love this weapon so much. So I didn't know what the building was. It's some like, it's, it's got a huge fuck off Starfleet Delta on top of it. It's clearly an important Federation building. And I'm just like, now you're thinking with portals. Because I thought it was just like getting detonated or exploded. But then the portal appears above and drops through. It's a double whammy. You fuck that building and then you fuck the building next to it as well because you're just going to pick it up and drop it down. It's such a clever, good weapon. I love it. so, And it makes sense because she said from the Daystrom Institute, stuff was stolen. Quantum tunneling technology was stolen. Like that's, it's such a cool, unique weapon. It's not just a big laser beam from the sky. For a second, I thought it was a massive transporter that was beaming everything. But I'm like, no, it's a sinkhole. And then you just open it up over there. Oh, it love was it. so rad. So and cool. in the outtakes, please play everyone's reaction because you yes. and I are watching it simultaneously. And we both had the same <laughs> oh, reaction shit. because 
we're like watching it and then there's this moment where it sinks into the ground you're like oh that's not good that's not good but then it doubles down uh-huh. and the portal appears in the sky just sort of <laughs> dumping all of its contents out in this like epic uh-huh. sort of like uh, destruction because it, it the, the, the design <laughs> the design of this cgi thing is so clever because yeah. it really does look like what i would imagine uh, the bottom part of this i don't even know institute mm-hmm. like this huge building yeah crumbling from its like just bottoming out it's it looks really impressive i it's was really impressed with it, it to happen yeah. i know which i mean i've never seen it before but then i'm watching rafi's like what am i watching and i'm like i am i am <laughs> seeing the same thing you. you are and yeah. i am just as shocked and you and i are just like oh oh so oh, play the outtakes because we were really yes. reacting at that moment it was it's multiple levels of oh shit this is a big terrorist attack and then you realize like the method of the weapon and it's like oh shit this is nasty i mean it's nasty this isn't it just is a nasty bomb. this is a nasty no. weapon and this is where I feel like Picard is really understands amping up some tension because there's this weapon that's a pretty big deal, but then they end the episode on the quintessential bad ship showing up, you know, mm-hmm. like this gnarly looking spider looking kind of ship that sort of comes out of the nebula, which is super Star Trek. But here it's Star Trek in this really inventive weapon of war way that was totally unexpected so it's kind of hitting on like new fan levels and it's also hitting on uh, another bad thing is happening and so we're in like two different places and bad things are happening everywhere i could see uh, this so. being a movie like this felt on so many levels like the opening hour of a movie like you would trim a little bit to probably get it down to 20 25 minutes but all of it was just such a great setup for for a movie it was so so good love that yeah when she does show up she does talk about like she's trying to call down to them and she's like like calling down to the to this space whatever it is um and it was mm. it was like it just the eeriness already blocked. yeah i feel like and you'll you'll hear it in the outtakes i had a very specific response to um hoping that the building was empty but i <laughs> you didn't see any like people walking around so i'm just like nope is like like i'm just I'm i coming just... on the screen like <laughs> what, what? I wanted to see some little people fall out of the portal. Just like, what's going on? Oh, no, I know. (laughs) Someone's on the shitter. Oh, my goodness. Somebody was. I I really think somebody was. But that's pretty much, you know, Rafi's kind of like story arc here. We don't know how it ties into Picard or how it ties into anything Mm. else going on. Yeah. But where the stage is set and I I enjoyed seeing Rafi. I don't mind Rafi as a character. I don't I don't mind the actor at all. Um, I think she's just really intriguing to me. And I'm curious how they're going to button her up or if they're going to take her and put her into another like a series at some point. I, I think she's probably going to die. Honestly, I think possible. My bets on Rafi. If you're going to kill somebody off, it makes sense, doesn't it? Um, yeah. So that all ties in. There's just a couple of like little loose ends that I want to tie up. And that was uh, Sydney LaForge, um, who is the ensign on the bridge that is the pilot of the ship, LeVar Burton's real life daughter. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. So cool. So, so it cool. It is so cool. I love it. I that. love. Yeah. It's, it's nice to see the, uh, 
the love of the community. You know, they oh, rehire uh-huh. the same actors for doing different things because there's just such a passion for for being in this medium. But now they have all these other options. There's so many actors that are really talented that they could easily involve and looking for new talent. But to know that there's a lot of talent out there, but to reach for someone who's actually related to oh, one of the awesome. actors is just it's just a fun well yeah, it's also beautiful fun. because in the final episode of tng um they go into the future um and geordie has a family and one of his daughters is named sidney like they've they've oh they've kept oh, it true they've to kept the... the same name as well That's i so love fun. it so much so good um my other my other thing was the amount of eagle moss st- like they were literally eagle moss models in that episode with exactly the same stand in the bar behind Riker. Same stand, same ships. Um I just had like a little geek out of they're there. They're, 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 my ships, they're there. Like they exist. They're in the canon. I love it so much. However, <laughs> however, it's not it, it's it's a little bit of a sin maybe. The fact that Eagle Moss went out of business, those orders are probably they probably belong to someone because there's a lot of orders that haven't been fulfilled. And I bet those should have been delivered to to people but yes any any final thoughts before we move into some sins um let me take a quick look down the line um i do have a question i guess Mm. there was a moment when picard Riker, and seven are with shaw eating dinner and picard said something about deep space four and is corrected by seven it's deep space 11 Mm -hmm. is this the writer's attempt to show the degradation of the mind, like to show that Picard is getting older. I think it, the problem is he has a golem body. So well, but they made it a, a, yeah. do, a golem body that was purposefully aged, right? It's gonna it's gonna give him another twenty to thirty years of life. Yeah, just of natural life and whatever. But I think it was more that he's out of the loop and that he's trying to bullshit his way into something where he's still a okay. retired ad- admiral. And this kind of just exposes him one more level to um to Captain Shaw. Okay. That's how I, I was read just it anyway. Curious. Yeah, I couldn't tell how to read it. Maybe it's both. It could be. It could absolutely be both. Yeah, for sure. There's also a fun moment where Picard and Riker are sharing bunk beds. Uh, very Lower Decks-esque, <laughs> I, which I really enjoyed because oh, it was so sort of funny. like a... I think Riker was talking about having to get up and pee a lot in the night, yeah. uh, which happens as you get older. And they have these very specific pillows and I feel like I would be doing a disservice to everyone's spine if I didn't say, get yourself a pillow like this. I have one and they are actually so indented great. in. Yeah, they're so good. They're, I need they're one. They're designed to where if you're laying on your back, it supports the curvature of your neck mm-hmm. and it doesn't allow you to easily like turn left or right. So your head can't like, you can't be laying on your back and have your neck fully turned to the left or right. It kind of keeps you sort of centered. But if you sleep on your side, it, you can kip up onto the outer edges of the pillow and they're firm enough to allow your head to be at a more ergonomic mm-hmm. kind of like lateral to the bed sort yes, of vibe in line with and your gives your shoulder space yeah. so that your shoulder isn't compressed. And I have a pillow like this. So to see those cool, like futuristic pillows on Picard, I was like, I already have one of those. And this is not the 25th century. Oh, my God. I find- Got it. We're living in I- the future. I finally have something from Picard in my actual life. Amazing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've wanted their shoes. I've wanted their cookware. Oh, I've wanted Riker's their uniform. dinnerware. Oh, oh. Love Riker. Love the new 2400 uniforms. We've changed uniforms so much in the last few years, but this one is equally beautiful. I love it. Love it. How love do you it, love feel it. about Seven's 
a disregard of orders. I, I think it tracks. I'm amazed that Janeway and Picard managed to strong her, strong arm her into Starfleet anyway. Um, I think there is a little bit of obligation going there where she's like, maybe I can do some good. But I'm not... So, uh, I am slightly surprised how she did it without talking to them because she doesn't really know the urgency behind this. Like, this, this could be anything. But the fact that she has already made the decision before she talks to Picard and Riker because they've turned up on the edge of uh, on the edge of federation space that means she's already decided to ignore him based on who knows what so she doesn't really know that this is worth risking her career for it's it's really complicated because she's okay. clearly not comfortable i'm confused too because i thought she was a ranger she she was a ranger yeah but after the stuff in season 2 um she ends up getting into Starfleet and being fast-tracked into command. But was she already in Starfleet? And then she became a ranger? No, 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 no. So she got back from... I think she got back from the Delta Quadrant. Um, I think she tried a little bit, but ended up as a ranger on the outskirts really, really quickly. And oh, okay, 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 okay. So this is her she... first time in Starfleet. Correct, yes. And she's just not liking it, guys. <laughs> no, she's not feeling it. She's really, really No. Not. No. But I did like her being like, "Tell me why you're actually here. Or I'm gonna launch you out of this uh, out of the airlock." Fuck you up. And they're like, "Well, okay." And she's like, "This is how I speak to my friends. Deal with it." I'm like, "I love it." I kind of loved that. Um, mm. But I couldn't oh, I understand. I couldn't understand her motivation exactly. And I just maybe it's because Shaw is so anti Borg that she just can't handle it anymore. And she's like, "You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna tank my career for these two people that I recognize their names." Maybe and, that's a transition into the sins. I don't know. And it's just, it's a loyalty thing, isn't it? That she has this loyalty to Picard where she will do anything. Anything he says on very little evidence. It is a little bit sinny, but we needed to get the ship there, I guess. I guess before we move into the sinning, the very, very last thing is the reveal at the end of the episode that this mystery person on board Crush's ship is her son. Yeah. <laughs> sure was a surprise to me. Yeah. Did you guess that early on? When did you figure that one out? Uh, I mean, the way that she protected him at the very beginning, I knew that it would be somebody emotional. So mm. I can make an assumption, but it didn't sound very Wesley to me. I think the voice was a little too low. Wesley's voice is a little high. And also Wesley yeah. is not really, he's Human with anymore. Taj, Daj. the Soji Taj, yeah. Maj Taj, uh, as some sort of like whatever watcher being now. Did I do that right? Did I get it right? Did I get the yeah, he's a watcher. He's a watcher. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, ah! sorry. He's a traveler. He's a traveler. Yeah. Fuck. It was close. <sighs> Oh well, shit! I was close. Very close as a traveler. Anyway, um, I thought that that was an interesting scene. I really didn't mind Riker and Picard entering into a creepy space. Um, but I wish that would have gone a little bit faster. And because it, I don't know. To me, it was like unnecessary tension since we'd already been in that space. And they but... did like the Sherlock Holmes thing of like putting together the evidence yeah. that we've already seen. <laughs> Let's let's we show the audience they still got it. You yeah, know, that kind I of guess thing. that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I did love Riker just clocking him on the nose. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Fuck him and up. Beverly is in some kind of a chamber as well, and so she's not quite dead yet, but she's going to be dead soon. And yeah, uh, and he's the son. The end of the show. Mm. But there's so many things that I have sinful about that particular mm. scene. Okay. 
or just in general. Okay. Well, I think so that's a good, go place. Yeah, good place right. to move on to the sins. Um, we'll see you in engineering battle stations, everyone. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Warning. Warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains, remind ourselves that no TV shows without sin, even our beloved Star Trek. Go first of all, for it. Let's do it. First of all, if you are such a great doctor, you, <laughs> you're you going to have something around. How many hypo sprays have I seen in just these few little seasons of this podcast? You know she's got something just handy dandy at the ready to stop bleeding oh, why yeah. is and, she and flood almost the room dead with, with anesthesine gas as well like and she got shot in the shoulder not in the stomach but anyway i'm sure she got shot a couple times yeah my, it's my what she did big, for sure she got shot but i mean still my big thing you're right my big thing with this scene is that whenever we see a doctor go to war and go to battle they find some clever way to do it where like they'll use a hyper spray to stun them or they set the phaser to stun like (laughs) something's obviously happened to beverly where do no harm isn't in her lexicon anymore and she's just like vaporizing people and she knows that like she goes from a stun setting and shoots the guy in the leg and then vaporizes him like something i hope and i'm sure it will get explained but you need a damn Maybe. good reason for why she is murdering Murder! people. Like, yeah. stand your ground should not be a thing on Beverly's ship. Is that the greater sin, or is it that Riker just touches ash of dead people? I have no... What the fuck was that about? Why? I'm just going to dust Did... this up with my bare hands. What are you going to do, lick it? I mean, it's it's like he's watching Sands, just like he picks up on a beach and is having fond memories. This is someone's, like charred remains and he's just like yeah it smells a little bit like, <laughs> mm, like, like cedar to me <laughs> yeah what is that is that lemongrass yep. i don't know <laughs> um, it's, it's very, so weird very like why the fuck are you touching it don't fucking touch uh-huh. that uh anyway but she does have great hair throughout all oh, of this and maybe we've seen how perfect her hair is oh, yeah she looks stunning like perfect perfect hair in this situation perfect hair all 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 of the phaser rifle cocking why are you cooking your your energy weapon? Why that's so inefficient? Why do you like the only reason you cock a shotgun is because of the amount of force. Like you you have to load that bullet into the barrel and it is fucking powerful. Why are you cocking a phaser rifle? Who designed that shit? Oh my god. So so I wondered if it's like I I, I wrote it down. She's got a gun. 
Uh, and then the the computer says unauthorized docking is a, a, a complete intruder alert. And then she has to cock the gun and it makes a noise. I guess it's for us to know that it's locked and loaded. But it's it's got lasers, by the way, that apparently have cells that deplete from power. So is no, it cocked? Does the, does the cocking charge yeah, it? Kind of like so those... Those flashlights where other, you shake it? them. It's either powered by you know? a battery or you have to load bullets into it to cock it. I, I like. I, I don't... I'm sure there's an in-joke that I'm missing there where they just thought, wouldn't it be cool if we had a phaser rifle that you had to cock? It's it clearly more powerful than the phaser rifles we've seen before. It looked fucking badass. But I think somebody in the writer's room was just like, we want to see Beverly cock a phaser rifle. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's, it was alarming and fun yeah. at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. I would definitely, I love it. I want to watch Kinda it again. Kind of here for it, but it was, yeah, sinny. But also, how many things just inside this ship in general would be fucked? It shows, like, <laughs> when, So much firing inside. So uh, much. The, that opening scene, like, so and it's like, it looks ruined. so badass. Ship is it ruined. looks so fucking badass. The sound effects are so fun to listen to. And all I'm thinking about is, like, isn't this, like, important stuff <laughs> yeah uh-huh. like i don't know should everyone be wanting to live beyond this moment because sure maybe you shoot beverly but also how's your oxygen levels so or whatever you know I, it's yeah that was definitely on my my list and of she, things as well she like fires this air duct thing for the gas to kind of leak out so she can have mm-hmm. a cool cover and kind of like come out, out of it, it looking like, like a, a badass. Fucking badass yeah she looks so great but then i'm thinking like good on you for knowing that that's the thing that you can shoot good good on you for knowing that the phaser laser whatever it's made of can penetrate that duct to break it open but not penetrate the walls with which yes. you're also shooting everything <laughs> that later on it just looks like a little like ashy skid mark on yeah. the side because it, it, it bounces off of that substance but this particular duct mm-hmm. is just going to disintegrate and you're going to have like, a cool weaker end. in case of invasion and you need to gas That's people. right. Yeah. It's part of the training people. It's interesting. It was fun. It was dumb. Um, and I think that that sums up the the logic behind the opening scene. Um, the, last... the next dumbest thing. Oh, mm-hmm. No, no, no. Go for it. I'm, I'm in the same scene as well. But Oh, go on. Go on. Go well, on. mine was the warping away with a docked ship on you. I'm like... <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess we're lucky it just decided to let go. Like, that would have easily been, we can't go to warp because it's going to rip the fucking ship apart. But it's just like, wee! The ship just falls off when she goes to warp. Like, it wasn't even connected. Yeah, it, it kind of is just like a little tick that just decided it was yeah. going to yeet off of the yeah. back of a dog oh, when it runs wee. off. It did look cool. Oh, it looks fucking cool. But I was like, man, I hope really there's cool. going to be an, oh, no explosion, nothing. <laughs> okay, cool, good. We're fine. Thank goodness. Uh, my next scene is in the next scene, so... Oh, okay, cool. Go for it. Yeah. um, It's just the whole... How are comp badges staying battery-powered after 20 years? Is it a battery? Do they just yeah. have forever energy? He receives... It's such a cool premise. Oh, I want to just cool. look past it. We want to see the comp badge. Of course. And he, like, goes to his old, like, chest and opens it up in his haphazardly folded uniform... I mean, why? Why Anyway, and then it's like kind of shoved off the side. And I wonder if the satchel that the badge was in was maybe one of the things that he took as part of his outfit when he would go on to the holodeck for some of his, you know, adventures or whatever. Because it it reminded me of the episode where he goes horseback riding and he wears that like open Mm. shirt and looks so studly. Like maybe 
maybe he had that cool like leather satchel in that scene and that's where the combat is but either way it's inside this leather thing he pulls it out and he's like computer what the fuck is going on here and computer's like i don't sassy computer, i mean i kind of like i can kind of tell you about it and he's like why am i receiving a guy i don't know why you're receiving a transmission well tell me what it enterprise says d star like, yes i know it's my combat you dick yeah, there was and then another it, moment it, that I just it's like, oh, 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 you want me to detect the long-range encrypted uh, transmission yes. that's somehow been Kodak compressed or whatever, yeah. and here we are. Yeah. There was another moment with the computer being sassy with Raffi, where Raffi's just like, let's run down all of the things the Red Lady could be. And the computer's just like, this is your 23rd search. I was like, the fuck do you care, computer? Like, don't you tell me how many times I'm searching oh, for so it. Oh, so sassy. Sorry. It's like the computer's like, I don't want to do this I'm, again. Can we and... please search for something else? The <laughs> fuck does it matter to you, computer? I did I did like hearing the combat tweet sound. Chirpy, it was really chirpy, cute. Chirp. And I really liked the little chirp, but it was just bad. It is just the location of it as well, for me, was bonkers. Was like, that was a quiet chirp. Why was it even out? I guess it was out because they're packing things up to leave. But my goodness, that was Maybe? lucky. Like, if this is an emergency it? thing, like... It's amazing that he heard that at all. Like, why not? Oh, I there's so much convenience in that one combat moment, but I get it. It's fun, but dumb. Yeah. I really also don't, I don't know that there's a sin here, but I certainly wrote it down as a possibility of the line that he and Beverly, quote, tried to be lovers. Uh-huh. I just, I kind of want to be like, well, where's that scene? Like, can we... we see some more of this super failed attempt at, mm-hmm. at uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Do you have some scenes in mind, Captain? Season seven, yeah. <laughs> or six. There's there is uh. there is an episode where they try and fail. And it's one that it's one that we nearly watched actually in the build up to season to, to this season, but we'll we'll add it to the list. But it's a good episode. It's a good episode. Um I had me this was just a weird one where Picard is shocked that Beverly doesn't want Starfleet involved because Starfleet can't be trusted. Really, Jean-Luc? Are you really After shocked all that by you've that? Been After all yeah. that you've been through in the last year, in all that you've been through, like, yeah, Starfleet can't always be trusted. That should not be shocking to you. Like, I get, I know we're building it as the mystery, but Picard should be like, you know, that checks out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know how I feel about Riker calling anybody that is a professional person a young lady but he definitely gets pretty man, sassy they play on the old the man bar. being old thing don't they as if he's like it's a kind of 60 year old guy who's like raised in the 30s <laughs> like yeah no yeah. we call them all as young ladies the scene at the bar with Riker seeing all the ships was delightful and I did watch you at that part because oh, you man, looked so, so entertained I was like don't call it the fat one don't you do it cuz mm-hmm. it is it's so chunky. Look at its head. It's so chunky. <laughs> but don't the you do that. The podcast listener, Ian has just lifted up the starship and showed it to the camera. Live audience is able to see it. Yeah, it it's, it's a little it's a little chunky one. Yeah, he turns to the lady and he's like, that's a galaxy class to you, young lady. Uh-huh. And I just, in my mind, I could hear all of the people going, <laughs> yeah, it sure is a galaxy class. It's funny. That's a funny line. I'm just mm-hmm. like, just don't call anyone young lady. You'll be fine. I mean, on the same note, he is disgustingly inappropriate to Sydney LaForge outing her and her accidents I'm like how embarrassing is that this is your dad's friend that has come to your place of work and told you about a mistake you made at college in front of your fellow crew that's embarrassing as heck I would hate Riker for that Sydney should like beam his ass into space 
shtick. Yeah, it's definitely showcasing the retired person who's not taking things as seriously. Can say whatever juxtaposed. they want because they're old. Yeah, just kind of juxtaposed to the person <sighs> who's like just trying to get their career up and going, and yeah. the difference between. I think it would have. Uh, yeah, it was. It was like a a little like a little cringe, but at the same time, it's. It's nice to know that that person's like issues that they had when they were in school aren't entirely holding them back because she is on the bridge. Yeah, so. she's now piloting a very advanced ship. So mm-hmm. I don't know. If you're going to crash, it should be at the Academy. Um, while we're on the Titan, I do. I'm going to be old man yells at Cloud here myself. And I know we talked about it earlier, but I do wish the ships wouldn't be so damn dark. And I get it. I get that they're dark because... When the lights go out, you you've already adjusted to the night vision, and your your eyes are better, and it has to be dark because it makes more sense and bright lights, blah blah. But I just want to see the inside of the ship, please. I just wanna I want to see the inside of the carpeting. pretty ship, please. Where's my beige? I want to see the bridge. Um, Honestly, I don't know if it's ever going to happen again. Strange New Worlds is better, but still too dark for my liking. But <sighs> old man yells at Kyle. I think the hard part for me is that. TNG usually makes like dark bridges the bad guy bridges and then makes the light bridges the good guy bridges and I'm glad that they're kind of changing that up honestly because it's Mm. just such a thing like it's ingrained in you and it shouldn't be color based it should be action based that kind of tells you the gauge of someone's morale (laughs) yeah you think yeah so I I'm I'm curious to see how so like if we're going to be spending time on the Titan which we don't know yet if we're going to be spending some time on the Titan, I'm curious what the um, people of the ship are like, because I really enjoyed seeing the different species. Mm. There was some really interesting um, prosthetic work that was being done. Uh, there's a couple people who's like the prosthetic started at the top of the forehead and then it curved and arched down to the tip of the nose with some open slats above the cheek and on the temple. Um, and I thought that was really beautiful. Um it was harder to see because the dark background, it was like, and there was a lot going on. The camera was moving from thing to thing pretty quickly, but I really wanted to stop and meet these people, which is exciting. It's exciting to feel that. And it, I wanted all of a sudden for this to be strange new worlds again, where we're stopping and we're going to have fun on a ship now. And here's the, here's the crew. So I don't know if we're going to come back and meet these people or if it's like a one-off situation, um, but yeah, I'm kind of curious what their personalities are because they're obviously a very tight run ship with everything is well-oiled machine and you've got this really strict captain, but the people who are the crew were still kind of emoting and smiling and showing that they had personality. They weren't all so tight. Well, there's that one guy that gave the side eye when the captain, when, when Picard and Riker first walked on. Mm. Do you remember that? Yeah. So, and there's the one guy that was at the bar that gave him the side eye when they walked away from I there. I think so there's that's a couple, the same person. Same person? I yeah, wondered. I, I wondered. Like okay. it is the same person because... That was my instinct. I wrote that yeah. down, but, I, you know, I'm not... Tricky until I watch it again, I wouldn't know. Yeah, I think that's the same person. Um, but all that, all that to say, I agree with you. It is a dark ship, but I wonder if the crew is the same. I wonder if they're if they're trying to say something or if it's just an updated version of what like a, a well, ship would be. I have a lot of hope because they did a big character profile thing where they did an art, they did an introduction for each character like before the show started. So they said, "Here's this ensign, here's this lieutenant, and it's all the people that we saw on the bridge." So there's the there's a bald female Vulcan. I can't remember if they're female or non-binary. I can't remember. But there's the bald Vulcan person. There's a Bajoran. 
there is a um da, 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 a, a Halium who we haven't seen in a long long time um so they've introduced each of these people and given them a bit of background so i wonder if this is a precursor to like a star trek titan oh, tv man. show oh man oh that'd be fun that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I was saying is this this bridge is built out for more than one thing. It feels like, like it, doesn't it? I really so hope so. It's so beautiful. Yeah. I really want to I want to be on the ship a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I I am I'm itching for strange new worlds. Oh it's, yeah. Well, it's... this is this is the Star Trek that we love, isn't it? It's a crew on a ship going on adventures. And we really only yes, we have discovery for that, but in the current timeline, we really only have strange new worlds that's doing that. For Prodigy as well. I mean live action shows. I'm sounding really greedy about my Star Trek, but I just want more, okay? I just want more, everyone. Um, I have a super convenient Raffi turning up seconds before the attack. My goodness, like, Mm -hmm. her whole deductive reasoning for working out what the Red Lady was was a stretch. She gets there within seconds to witness it. That's a stretch. It's all a stretch, but it's it's all at the benefit of the pacing. So we get to the point quickly. You just have to blink along and accept that, yay, she made it just in time to witness the thing. And though we rarely talk about live chat during the podcast proper, I did want to point out one that was mentioned in in chat by Slab, who also on the theme of Rafi, who just leaves the drugs on the ground for anyone to find. Let some kids find it and start their journey. Yeah. Yeah. I would also sin in that moment that um, uh, Rafi, like, is super undercover and then for the benefit of us the viewer at home she like ducks into an alley straightens up her shoulders looks really sassy and then confidently and loudly talks into her uh this is a secret Rafi <laughs> secret Rafi Starfleet are you there I'm just like Jesus where is your subtlety Get woman back to the ship my goodness <laughs> yeah you have oh a my ship. god like, I know that was for us, and I guess yes, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Amazing. Anyway. Amazing. <laughs> What's the other one for you? I've only got one more. I, we could spend hours doing this. We really, really could. Um, I have one other big one, which is, doesn't, are we not using transporters anymore? <laughs> not a single transporter beam in this episode. And the, the, wow. the thing that stood out the most was when they're approaching Beverly's ship. And I'm like, could you not beam her out? Why did you even have to go into the ship? Beam those life forms onto your shuttle. Um, there was a, just a, a... The nebulous, dude. A, yeah. The nebulous. But there was just a very big absence of transporters in this episode. It just seemed a bit stark to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe maybe I would try to send kind of towards the very end when uh, Crush, Kid Crusher turns dramatically to Picard and Riker and it's like we're being hunted mm. and they're like by whom and he's like see for yourself bum, bum, and, then, bum. <laughs> and then like yeah. the, the slow listen it looked bad it's ass beautiful. it looked beautiful I love the gnarly looking like super long nah. spindly legs yeah. coming out it looked evil as fuck it looks something between but, the big Romulan mining ship that Nero has in Star Trek, the 2009 one, the big, big Romulan ship, and also the Scimitar, which is another Romulan ship. So I'm getting Romulan vibes from this ship. Um, yeah. It's very, it's similar to designs that we have seen. Mm-hmm. It's very Ooh, similar. 
And maybe that ties back in somehow. We will see. Would we try to send the end credits, which are suddenly no longer Picard music, but it's, are now back to TNG? I actually forgot. Like, to, which, should we send that? I actually forgot to tell you what my biggest, biggest sin was. And it's the best thing about the show is that this has got nothing to do with season one and two. Like, this is this could very easily be Picard season one. Like, it has distanced itself so, so, so much from season one and season two. Yeah, the end credits are totally different. They've ditched the Picard theme pretty much entirely, other than the whistle. Um, I love. I thought the end credits were beautiful, like just showing us the Elcars display, the computer readouts, the little dribblings of information that we're familiar with. Uh, I thought it was beautiful. Interesting choice mm. to put it at the end of the episode. I don't dislike it. And the the score was incredible. The score was straight out of First Contact, which is my oh, all so time cool. favorite Star Trek score. Beautiful man, and I love the visuals too because it was just all and it's so crisp. Like it's Mm -hmm. super nice to see how far along we've come with graphics and CGI because it just looks so crystal clear on my screen. Great definition, and oh, it's so beautiful and it's like it's just nice to look at. But it's also not Picard. It wasn't Picard. That's my biggest. I found myself so I think I would try to send that. And also send that Elnor is nowhere to be found. And I would yeah. also send the Google search of the red lady scene with Rafi. And those are the last things I would do because like that moment she's like, I'm going to take a quick look around for red lady again. And then she just like pulls up and it's like poppies on her screen, the color red on her screen. It's like, she's literally Googling red. red. She's done a Google <laughs> image search on red. It's yes. also a bullshit code because you don't need to do a landmark. You just give some coordinates in code. This isn't how code works. Like the Enigma machine back in World War II was coming up with, with better coding than this. The red lady. That It's such a dumb terrorist code. Like it should be unfrigging guessable. And you know what? It may as well be because Rafi figures out the mystery too late. And she would have just heard in the news that it blown up. She could have found out after the fact that, yes, this explosion happened behind the statue of Red Garrett, Lady of uh, Garrett, blah, blah, Rachel Garrett. And there's oh, that's the Red Lady. Great, well done. The terrorists are stupid. Ah. Listen, if this massive statue had been built by Starfleet and she's using a Starfleet vehicle to search for Red Lady, there's no fucking way that that giant thing would not have shown up right away. <sighs> there's no way. No way. Insane. Anyway. Insane. 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 That's it from me, though. Okay, well, we could go on for hours, but let's just have a quick stop to the Captain's Ready Room for some predictions. Welcome to the Captain's Ready Room, where we hit our predictions for the rest of the season, or we bask in the Ambassador's Q-like glory for anything she has predicted so far. None of our original predictions came true in this episode, I don't yet. think. Yeah, yet. We'll, we'll talk about, yeah, yet. not yet, not yet. I've given away my big prediction, which is that Worf is the Worf. officer, the, is the, the handling handler. officer from Starfleet Intelligence. Mm-hmm. I think that based on his language, that makes a lot of sense. Um, We already know that when, any predictions Let's, let's predict you? how Elnor is going to come back. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to come back and murder. We find out that Elnor is actually has a holographic badge on him that makes him look yes. like Dr. Crusher and he's like the one it? that's vaporizing uh, everybody. That makes a lot of sense. That makes sense. sense. Yeah, okay. Makes, makes a lot sense. of sense. Oh man, predictions. Uh, it's it's interesting because they've got this weapon technology that they're obviously talking about and then there's this, you know, like what are they going to do with this technology? How is this how is this going to play into how are they going to get the Titan people 
and Picard and Riker and Seven and Beverly and Beverly's son all onto the Titan mm-hmm. and tie it into this weapon and how they're going to have to do something with yeah. this weapon and how does the people who are going for the weapon relate to the people who are hunting them mm-hmm. and does that relate to like how are they going to pull all this together? Do you have any predictions for like what the next well, step is going to be? It's clearly somebody that has a murder boner for Starfleet. Um, I don't know why they're targeting Crusher. Crusher clearly knows something sketchy about Starfleet. So maybe this is tied back to because we know that people the the oh, what are they called the the Tao Shiar and then the other people the the Zatvash infiltrated Starfleet in season one. So maybe there's still some of these evil people in high positions in Starfleet, and that's why. It's not Starfleet in general that we can't trust, but it's some infiltrators that can't be trusted. And maybe they're working from the inside out to bring down Starfleet is my very general idea. How we get everybody together from there. I think Captain Shaw is going to have new orders based on the terrorist attack. He will have new orders and Picard's going to have to come forward with what he knows about um, Beverly's distress call. And they're going to end up on the Titan... Still with Captain Shaw in command, but he's been told to help Picard. It's going to have to tie into Picard specifically. Hmm. What if Starfleet completely collapses while they're away? Mm. And now they're the top most ranking people. <laughs> I would definitely be on brand for it. It's the only ship in the sector. Um, mm-hmm. Who do you think is the father mm. of Beverly's son? Well, there's, I mean, there's... Like you said earlier, technically there's a lot of different choices, a lot of different options. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't stop thinking about how Jack's bag was there. Mm-hmm. Like, was there DNA in there? Was she able to like replicate a son somehow? I just don't know why. Why? She, I mean, I can imagine her being annoyed that Wesley has gone off to do her own thing, and maybe, maybe that's his, why his own, their own thing. Yeah, Wesley. Yeah, because he's a traveler yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, and maybe that's, maybe he, maybe she wanted help to find Wesley and they were all just like, nah, he's off doing his own thing. So maybe she felt abandoned by everybody and yeah, cloned her own son, made her own son. She could have, maybe he's an android. Possible. Seems like a leap. Could Seems be. like he would have said something about it and maybe not been able to be punched in the face quite so easily. Possibly, unless it's an organic, because we know Sarge and uh, Soji and Daj were indetectable in as androids. They had physical bits all together yeah yeah so. we were we we talked about that exp- mm-hmm. uh, like in in excess in picard uh season one mm-hmm. of this podcast you know yes i we firmly did. believe that yep. do they yeah, have cycles those... and whatnot yeah uh-huh uh-huh mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think that i think what the fans are gonna want is picard i think that it would be really interesting if they never answer that question though mm-hmm. because what would it matter is my sure. is my response. We, want it, we all want it to be Picard's son because we want the legacy to go on. We want the family line to go on. Um, yeah. Who knows? I feel like there's going to be a major attack on Starfleet. Starfleet's going to have to come together. We're going to be able to see other people that we haven't seen. We haven't seen Worf and the Forge. Mm-hmm. Um, we also haven't seen um, Mr... We haven't seen... Um, why can't I think of the actor's name who plays the Forge? Why? Um, oh, LeVar Burton. Burton. We haven't seen Burton's daughter. The other daughter. Oh, Mika Burton. Yes. And I know she's in this somehow. Yes, so she is. there's it's not just one. No, there's there's both another, daughters. right? Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to see that. So I, but that's like a that's a prediction that shouldn't really count because I kinda just have some and 
I know information mm. because I, I thought with... I working at the museum with him. That would Maybe. make sense. Um, but then, like, I don't know. How is this going to end? How does this wrap up? Will Deanna come back? What about the children? Are we going to see Rafi's mm. son? Are we going to see Riker's daughter again? Like, how and where and why? And, and who how and, and why? Who and, and when? How? And what and how? It's set up some good mysteries. Um, I think we'll get a lot more in episode two, obviously, that's going to set up a, a lot, lot more for the rest of the season. Uh, I'm excited. Can we, can we also make an assumption that at this point, the android the the ban on and the droid stuff is going to be done now and maybe there's going to be some advancements mm. there again because that has been lifted that was lifted at it the end of the last season so mm-hmm. i would love to explore that more um i really i mean again this is where i hope we go for star trek titan series i would love that so much i want to get into the 2400 no people. way there's no way that they built that whole ship with it just just for one season i hope, so. I hope not i hope i hope we do get it i don't know we'll see I hope so. we'll see Okay, bumper, massive episode, unsurprisingly, as we um, kick off the biggest Star Trek event of the decade. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Thank you, everyone, in the live show for joining us. We will be back um, live on YouTube Live and Twitch, roughly 12.30 Central Time, um, every Friday, the day after each episode of Picard launches. Um, and if we're seeing you on the podcast thank you for downloading the podcast there is an army of you listening to us and we appreciate you so so much we love you yeah any suggestions for the show email them to captain's pod damn it captain's pod no yeah captain's pod at cinemasins.com um uh-huh. suggestions job, for the show anything job, you want to hit nailed it so professional <laughs> uh, we love you uh... we appreciate you anything else before we sign off ambassador uh, no, I would just say we, we do have a lot of new listeners who are going back and finding uh, like our content on season one and season two of Picard. And we expect that's probably going to be the case when Strange New World starts again. So it's just it's nice having you guys along. We invite you to the live show, as Ian said. But also, if you want to share this podcast with your friends and give us a rating or review on where you listen, specifically Apple Podcasts, it does help us out really so does. that we can collaborate with other great Star Trek fans and, and spaces and maybe bring some really fun interviews to you guys in the future too. So mm, Absolutely. Well, until then, it's I never... What are I, you about to say? I'm, I'm, I'm never present for the start of a meal because everyone already starts because my reputation precedes me. <laughs> From me. Uh, and I have two quotes, so I'll say one. Uh, come on, Admiral, show your inspection face. Or if I were you, I'd lower my expectations for me. <laughs> <laughs> Out my knees. And live long <laughs> and prosper. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. Testy, testy, test, test, testing levels. A British tug is a soaring... So- I wish I knew the words to that. I only know the kind of words from that I kind of learnt from Insurrection. Let's see if I can Google them. A British tar... Oh, a tar, not a targ. I always thought he said a British targ, which doesn't make sense now that I think about it, because targ is a Klingon animal. Uh, let's have a look. Lyrics. Chicka, chicka, slim shady. Shit, I'm late. Good. And it's on a big day, too. It's Picard Day! Let's go! (laughs) I'm fine. Oh, no, I have to pee. Oh, no. Captain. Uh, Captain? Captain Whittington? I have to pee.
permission to come onto the bridge and then immediately leave the bridge. Oh, I thought you were about to say permission to come onto the bridge and immediately pee. Um, um, but I feel like if I stalled you any longer, that might be what happens. So yes, go, 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 go pee. Okay, okay, okay. It's the I'm door gonna, to the get... stage left. It's, the, it's not the door that goes down to the battle bridge. No, no, it's no. It's the one directly up. adjacent to it. Up, up the ramp. Up? From that, yeah. So if you're looking at Picard sat in his chair. Go. Okay. <laughs> Chaos as always. Can I eat chips on the show? How does this sound? You can't that do that. Especially when they're falling out of your mouth. No. Hey, listen, I'm a cookie monster, bitch. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. I'm not a fan of kettle cooked. I'm really not. They always... They you, do, taste... you don't want them. No, they're too oily and like... Yeah, that's what you... That's what that's what's good about it. Is I you're don't just like you're it. eating really crispy grease, right? Yeah, the greasy and they're like too too crisp, and I don't like them. I don't like them. Well, that's good to know because that means that when you come over to my house again, you're not going to be eating my snacks. <gasps> I had a dream. I we got to I got to America. We went straight to the groceries, and I ran straight to the ruffles. And I'm just like, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you had a dream had about do. ruffles. I dreamt about ruffles. The really dank spicy spicy ones those oh, ruffles yeah, are so those like nacho good. cheese ones those things are disgusting a shade of red on them that is just unnatural Unholy. and they're not found yeah. anywhere in nature and i love no. them oh no. ruffles ruffle me oh it's a good wow dream. enjoyed it do you mean leave you alone is it that <laughs> kind of a ruffles. dream i don't know it's kind of <laughs> no, 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 it's kind of no, crossing no, no. a terror crossing a little bit of a barrier there buddy mm, food porn mm, ruffles i'm just eating so fast you didn't need to eat fast. You could have eaten through the episode as well. I was so hungry. Good. It's like eat once fast. I started, it Do was it. like I turned into a. Is it Jigglypuff? Jigglypuff is a Pokemon. Yeah. The one with like the pink ball that yeah, just opens its mouth and just sucks in food. Oh, no, no. You're thinking of Kirby. Kirby! Uh huh. I am Kirby. I speak Danae. Okay. 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 Let's do this shit. Okay, Beverly. Okay, I guess we're Beverly. just starting off like that. Right. Kicking all the Did ass. Did you know that was about to happen? Nope. No idea. All right. All right. I believe you. Oh. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. It's a portal. Oh. They were all on lunch break, right? I'm, I would assume so. Oh, my God. It's the son of the, the candle fuck. I knew it. Fuck yeah. It's the ghost man it's is a daddy. It's not the ghost's son. It's the ghost son and you know no, it. it's not. It is. No, it's not. It's true. It's not. Shut up. You don't know. <laughs> Should we go live now and start the show? Um, do you mind if I pee and <laughs> then like grab yes. a coffee and then do it? I fucking mind if you pee. Are we like we'll two take minutes. a pee break during the show, you know. Buddy, was that too loud for your sensitive little puppy ear? Oh, just gobby. Just gobby. You gobble gobble dobble. Oh, you gobble gobble. Little gobble dobble. Little gobble dobble dobble. Oh, you gobble dobble. Am I supposed to focus on my job when you're so cute? I cannot. I cannot handle it. I can't. You're so cute, little puppy. You want to be in my lap the whole show? Is this what's going to happen this time? I wish people could see your face. Oh, and Reese's has arrived. And now Reese's has my hands and you don't have my hands on your body. So now you're getting more aggressive because you want the... Oh my gosh, boys. <laughs> Kitty and 
it. I can't handle it. Okay, okay. I, I have an idea. How about I just go take a nap and we all snuggle cuddle into bed. Reese's and Twix and Danae snuggle butters. Hey, also, I pet you guys a lot with lots of like massages and snuggies and pets and scritches and scratches and all that stuff. And you all don't do shit for me. Okay. Like I love that I have a like a little warm, cuddly body to snuggle with, but you don't do shit for me, you know? You don't massage me back. Gubby, little Gubby Doodle, little Mr. Schneedle. Oh, this would be a good time for me to organize my notes, wouldn't it? Oh my goodness. What is happening <laughs> I have trouble. on the ambassador's lap? Uh, I have two dogs that are, um, we're not live. <laughs> Go on. Fucking hell. What is, what is happening? Go on, go on. I pressed the go live button. Okay, let's try that again. What is happening right now? Why can't I hear you? Oh. <laughs> why, can't, why can't I hear We're you? We're muted. We're muted. Uh, We're muted now. Oh. What is happening? So uh, on Twitter, I posted a picture of my chaotic cutting of a piece of pizza, right? Oh, it was disgusting. It's, uh, who cares? <laughs> Who cares how you cut pizza? A lot of you people. You care because apparently. you shared it. If you didn't I, I care, you wouldn't have shared it. I it, it was would great. just be normal. I was like, you know it chaos. Was fucked up. That's it was why chaos. you shared it. No, uh -huh. listen. I'm posting through it, and it says at the bottom of my post something like reveal hidden tweets or something, or hidden responses, or something about oh, interesting. muted or quieted. Okay, somebody I, that you've muted. I clicked it, and apparently, at some point, I muted Jets Nuts. <laughs> I oh didn't. no! The I shade. Don't, I don't know how that happened oh, at no. all. I don't know how that happened. I don't. Wow! This why is would, how we treat the fans. Why would I tell on myself if I knew how? Wow. I had no idea. Jets. I was like, wow. oh my god! It is no wonder that I haven't seen anything from you. I don't even know in how long. I don't know how it happened. Wow. That is an, an active thing to mute someone. You have to I go did, through a I couple of options to get there. It's not just like, oh, I accidentally clicked mute. Oh, final sin that we did miss. No Agnes. No Agnes Gerati either. No Agnes. Fucking love Alison Pill. My girl. Oh. Oh. For the record, I did not steal my wolf prediction from anyone. Just because you guys predicted it too. I, as soon as I saw Warrior, I was like, Swarp, that's how you bring Worf in. Did someone it's, sound guilty? Yeah, I'm not stealing everything, so okay? <laughs> I do have my own thoughts, you bastards. All right, well, let's get through some of these comments. Um, first, I want to point out that JCD's Star Trek trivia question of the day is, what is the name of Captain Archer's pet beagle? Mm, Porthos. So you can... Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Whoops, I was going to say, chat, do you want to guess before sorry. Ian does? But Ian has jumped the gun. That's now Not done. Porthos. Sorry. Here's from Zinc says, just reviewed the footage. Bard Dude and Titan Dude do not look like the same person at all. Oh, interesting. This is good information. Thank so you. they're not My the mistake. same. My mistake. I like it. I like it. I like it. Link says, will the Derp Prize make an appearance at Sin Week? <sighs> Fine. No. Oh, no. No. no, I, no. Oh, shit. No. Shit. No. Listen, let uh, me tell you something about the Derp Prize. Uh huh. Oh, you, you think it's thing, too fragile to travel? This thing could be sneezed upon and fall apart. Like, look at it. Look at it. It is. It's not. So. Oh, I'm wonky. gonna paint it. It is 
This is clay. No, you're never painting this. This oh. is this is what it looks like. Remember In fact, I wish you wouldn't colored? have painted. Yeah, yet. you want to <laughs> keep it, it flesh was color. This awkward flesh color. Somebody said it looks this like is... the Titan. It kind of does. It kind barely of does held look together, like the guys. Titan. Look at this thing. It is. You guys are the worst. Uh, Link asks, "Whatever happened to the Enterprise after Picard left the ship? Is it still around uh, in the show's timeline?" So there is some ancillary media that went up on Instagram. Um, I won't get too spoilery, but the Enterprise E has been retired. Um, and there is currently an Enterprise F out there somewhere. But we don't we know very precious, precious little um, about it. But we know that we don't know what happened to the Enterprise E after Picard left it. We still don't know any of that. Uh, what if Picard went back in time, messed things up, and Data comes back to life and takes over Lore's body, says Link. Mind, oh, mind blown. No, mind no, blown. don't do it, right? Data's wrapped don't up. Do He's it. done. They're not going to do anything else with Data. No, because you have to let him have his death so that he has his humanity, right? Like, that was yeah. the whole thing. He wanted it. He wanted to die. He doesn't he, want to That's what he back. wanted. Yeah. So it if you bring him broken. back, it's such a way to disrespect the character, in my be. opinion. Yeah. I don't I really know. Agree. Maybe I'm wrong about that because I love Data. Super, super love mm -hmm. Data. But they need to bring. They need to find another android. Honestly, they need to bring in another android character Let's do it. More that androids. can move the android into this next phase. Mm -hmm. Agree. Eights asks, "Has Wesley seen his mom since he became a traveler?" Do you know the answer to um, yes, that? Yes, I do. In Nemesis, he is present for uh, the opening scene of Nemesis. No spoilers because the ambassador ha ambassador hasn't seen that movie, and we will see it at some point. But yes, they have seen each other on screen in canon. Um, on Mondays, pretty consistently for the last month, Chris has been playing mm -hmm. Last of Us. I believe he intends to continue to try to do that. Yep. You can watch our schedule on this channel for uh, updates on Chris playing Last of Us on Mondays. He starts around what time? He starts at 7.30 Central. And plays up yep. until about 11.30 to midnight, midnight? roughly. 11 yeah. yeah. So he's been making his way through Last of Us. Um, you can kind of look into our, some of our um, videos, our VODs to see mm -hmm. his vibe. Just a chill, laid back Chris playing video games. Yeah, it's really, really fun. Are you planning on trying to jump on and, and stream anything yeah. in the next week? So Ian? next week, I'm not, not firmly committed now because timelines are messy, but I'm going to be starting to stream some Minecraft because I'm a 14-year-old boy and uh, I adore Minecraft. I haven't played in about eight, six, seven, eight years. Long, long time. So I'm going to be diving back into some Mario Kart. Mario Kart. Damn it, it's because you just put it on screen. Some uh -huh, Minecraft. Um, yeah, I'll build whatever you want me to build or I'll just be exploring. It's just going to be a really, really, really chill stream. Mario Kart will be as and when we really want to do, but we don't know when. Well, I done fucked it up, Captain. Welcome. Hi, Captain. Hi. Hi, Captain. Am I going to be your <clears throat> twangy ambassador for season, this this season of Captain's Pod? Yeah. Sorry, I, I apologize. I apologize. Do, 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 do. Shooby dooby doo doo doo. Shooby dooby doo 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 do